coming from the cross to the resurrection, what it means for all of us as Christ followers, and maybe what it means for some of us in this room today who've never accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. So let, let's look at a, a, a couple passages right here. Luke 23, 33. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. So Jesus sealed the deal for us as he is crucified on that cross. And so Friday happens, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But then we move into Sunday, and let's, let's read Luke 24, 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. But can I just say this? This is not folklore, and this is just not a story. This, is, this happened. This happened, and that's why we're here today, and, and maybe you only go to church. Matter of fact, I should tell some of you Merry Christmas, because I won't see you again until Christmas. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> it's just a fact. So, but I got your attention right now, and so I want you to know, this actually happened. This is not some, something somebody conjured up in their mind. This actually happened, and that's why we celebrate Easter, and that's why we're here today worshiping God as every day of our life we should be. Verse 2, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But, speaking of the apostles, they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. I have quoted this scripture more than once. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Would you guys pray with me in an overflow room also? Would you just bow your head and let's pray? Father, thank you for your word, and we pray with all of our heart that you would speak to each heart as you see fit. God, I pray that you would get me out of the way and that you would get in our way. In Jesus' name, amen. So number one. The cross. Let's talk about the cross for just a second. The cross fixed the sin problem. Colossians 2, 13-15. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive in Christ. He forgave us all of our sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. Amen. If you've never read the Bible, you, you need to like get online this week. Colossians 2, 13 through 15. Write it down, underline it if you have a Bible. 
but get download it from our from our website because these all this PowerPoint's on there. And you need to realize you can't be good enough, you can't be bad enough. That Jesus Christ has taken care of our sin problem. That's why we celebrate the cross. The cross is empty and the tomb's empty. So he's got to be somewhere. And he's in heaven making intercession for us today. And so the, the sin problem has been taken care of. That doesn't give us a get-out-of-hell-free card where we can just go live however we want to and, and just do whatever we want and say, I'm just going to keep on sinning because Jesus died for me. Jesus died for you. He came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. He came so that we could overcome. He overcame the world so we could overcome the world. And so now we get this amazing thing called the Christian journey. Are we going to fail? Yes. But we're not going to fail alone. We're going to fail with Jesus because he already overcame the world. The sin problem's been fixed. Let me ask you a question. Tomorrow, you get home from work, and you go to the mailbox, and in the mailbox is a letter from each company, people, government that you owe money to. I'm, I'm going to get a witness on this one because I got one in every service. And you start opening those letters. And it says, we are pleased to inform you, you no longer owe us any money. Yeah, that was right. Yeah. And you go to the next one. We are pleased to inform you that your debt has been paid and you no longer owe us any money. Jesus. Somebody said, And then you open the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And every one of them say, we are pleased to inform you that you no longer owe us any money. I don't know about you, but we're going to party. <laughs> and, and, and we get that, don't we? We understand that because that's the world we live in. And we're indebted to people. And, but what if we got a picture of eternity? What if we really understood what God did for us by sending his only son to die for us? And what if we really understood Colossians where it says, you know what? Every sin, every part of you that was indebted to sin, he took care of that on the cross. And not only did he take care of that, he made a public spectacle out of the enemy on the cross. And so you got Jesus on the cross and everybody is going he's losing what's going on here even his disciples he's losing he's absolutely losing and in Colossians it says uh oh no wait a minute he triumphed over them he won on the cross he had to lose his life so we could gain our life that's what the cross is about he fixed the sin problem he fixed the sin problem write that scripture down somewhere and, and, and think, read that this week and think about what God did for us by sending Jesus and what Jesus did for us by finishing the race. Wow, he fixed the sin problem. Number two, the cross brought grace and mercy. Romans 5, 6 through 8. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In the economy of heaven, sin carries no currency. 
it's not recognized because God is holy. Light can't be around darkness. God couldn't be around sin. So now we are separated from God. Some, somebody did something that made us sinners. That was Adam and Eve. And somebody else did something that made us righteous. And that was Jesus Christ. So now in the eyes of heaven, humanity is worthless to God because we fail. God loved humanity so much he had to come up with another plan. So grace, grace, let's define grace. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. You got that? Everybody catch that? So the cross brings grace and mercy. I, I grew up and my parents believed in spanking. And I know this new generation, some of you guys don't believe in that. And that's totally, they're your kids. You let me know how that works out in about 10 years. <laughs> they're, they're your children, so you see, do what you see fit. And my, my parents, my dad never, he didn't beat me or anything. He didn't spank me in anger or anything like that. But when I, when I mess up, it, it was going down, and I knew it. Like, you know, my butt heated up. <laughs> when I would really mess up, I would put on a bunch of underwear. And it, I would, seriously. And my dad would be like, how many pair of underwear you got on? I'm sorry. This is my life. I'm just telling you what, how it went down at my house. And so I, I remember several times, you know, I got spanked or whatever. And, but here are the times that I really remember. When I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I had screwed up royally. And, and my mom would be like, wait till your dad gets home. And God, I hated to hear those words. And my, I, I never told her this when I was growing up. But the shoe that she would throw at me hurt way worse than him spanking me. <laughs> she was deadly with a high heel. I'm not kidding you, man. I'm serious. And she's listening right now. I love you, Mom. She'd be listening to this online. So, so, so but the, here are the times that I really, really remember discipline with my dad. Is when I'd hear his car door shut, his work van, come in the door, and I'd hear my mom. And he'd come upstairs, or, you know, yeah, upstairs, and, and he would walk in my room and shut the door. He'd slam it for dramatic effect, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and I would just assume the position, like, all right, let's get this over with. And he'd go, Jason, what are you doing? Why'd you do that? Are you an idiot? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but I am your son. Yes, I'm an idiot. And he said, man, look, you can't. You can't be doing that. You got your mom all upset. She's been calling me all day at work. And, you know, I, and I should beat your butt right now. But listen, I'm not going to because I'm tired. And I, I don't do that again. Grace, mercy. And he'd walk out of the room and slam the door again. <laughs> right? And so my mom, I guess my mom thought he wore me out or something. <laughs> it's what the cross brings to us. Think about this just for a second. What is the last act Jesus gave towards humanity? He's hanging on the cross. He's been beaten beyond recognition. His hands have been nailed to wood. His feet have been nailed to wood. He's got a thief on the left, a thief on the right, and he's hanging there. And one of them says, hey, what could it hurt? Jesus, I know I deserve this, but I know you don't. So is there any, I'm paraphrasing, is there any way you could fix my sin problem and show some grace and mercy? Because at this moment, I really believe you are who you say you are. 
The last, the last gesture towards humanity that we see Jesus make is he turns and looks at this thief who belongs on the cross. He, he's getting what he deserves. And Jesus says, hey, buddy, today you're going to be with me in paradise. So you might be here today and you think, you know what? The way I'm living, God's really mad at me. And the way my life's going, God's really mad at me. Listen, no matter what church or religion or anything's taught you, I want you to see that picture of Jesus today. He's on the cross in his greatest moment of need. He's hanging there and somebody cries out and says, hey, would you remember me? Like when you come into your kingdom, would you remember me? And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. And not long later, he says, it is finished. His last gesture to humanity. That's the God we serve. I don't know what you've been taught or what you've heard, but my Jesus is the such uh, amazing Savior that even in his greatest moment of need, he looks over, has compassion, and says, hey, it's okay. All you got to do is just call out and ask him. It's okay. So we go from Friday to Sunday. We go from the cross to the resurrection. So let's, let's get into the good stuff here. Number three, the resurrection validates truth. Luke 24, 1 through 8, we already read it. We'll read it again on the first day of the week, very early in the morning. The women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for living, the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. So we think about the resurrection. Go back to the point, Kim. You think about the resurrection, it validates truth. Why is this important? Because we live in a world today, we live in a society where truth is obscure. We're raising a generation that thinks there's no real truth. In our universities, we're teaching that there's no real truth. And then now, unfortunately, in many houses of worship, this book is not absolute truth. People are just kind of picking and choosing what they want to take out of this book. So, the resurrection, now, and again, we believe that this book is perfect. At Coastline Community Church, we believe in the Bible. From the start to the finish and all in the middle, you can't just take what you want. We believe in all of it, right? And so, we we believe that this is God-breathed. We believe that it's inspired by God. And in this book, my Bible tells me that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And so, that validates the truth of my faith. So when I wake up on Monday morning and I got to go deal with a demonic boss or I got to go deal with people in my life that are driving me crazy or I got to, I walk with a little more confidence because I believe in my heart. And see, I can't believe for you. You ever ran into somebody that believes something so much, it's so ingrained in their soul that you, there's no way you're going to change their mind. Right? That's, that's Christianity. That's the way we should believe. Not dogmatic not hateful, not angry. It's, I am who I am. You're not going to change my mind. I'll talk with you about it. Come, let us reason together. 
Let's, let's get some banner going right here. You believe, but you're never going to change. I believe with all my heart, those women went to the tomb and the tomb was empty. The cross is empty and the tomb's empty. And he's not here because he's there and he's coming back one day. It validates truth. And if you listen, if you're here today and you're still in high school or, or you're in college or going off to college, you're, you're going to be challenged so much in what you believe. Don't you dare ever for a second be ashamed of what you believe. Amen. Ever. Don't, 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 don't take a back seat to some weirdo telling you that we came from some big bang theory. And I heard it explained one time that the chances of that were like taking a watch, tearing it with a hammer, throwing it in a, in a dryer, and when the dryer goes off, the watch is put back together. If you can do that, I'm all in. It don't happen. The resurrection validates our truth. And when you walk throughout your everyday life with a validation of truth, not prideful, but just about this is what I believe because I believe the Bible. And so that, that's a very important thing about Easter Sunday. It validates truth, real truth. Number four, the resurrection gives hope. Luke 24, 9-12. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself, what had happened? Don't just read this. Play this out. What was actually going on? Here you have the women who are going to anoint Jesus' body so that he can be buried properly in the Jewish way. They get there. There's no one in the tomb. And then all of a sudden, these guys show up and, and their clothes like, are like lightning. And they say, why, do you, why are you looking for the dead, the, the living among the dead? He's not here. Don't you remember how he told you he had to be handed over and crucified and he'd be raised again? He's not here. Are you stupid? Basically, that's what the angels are saying right here, right? <clears throat> that's what the Lord says to me every day of my life, multiple times. <laughs> like, don't you get this? So here, so then they go back, and, and I, love, I love the Bible because you, you can't read it. My mind doesn't just read the Bible without thinking about it. So their clothes shine like lightning, right? I don't know if you've been around lightning lately, but if it gets very close to you, you glow. You glow. And so here they were running back to where they'd come. You know, they're all hiding out. They're all hiding out because, they, you know, they're thinking, look, they're going to be looking for us. They're going to be looking for us, and maybe they're going to crucify us too. So they go back to where they've been hiding out, and they look at the disciples and say, hey, guess what? The tomb's empty. The tomb's empty. And these two really amazing creatures showed up and and. It was really hard to look at them, and they told us that Jesus had risen, and why are we looking for the, the, the living among the dead? And, and they're just... And they're not making any sense. And here's Peter. Remember, the resurrection brings hope. Here's Peter. If anybody on the face of the earth at this very moment 
when this was written, needed hope, it was Peter. Here he's denied Christ three times. Failed in the greatest moment of need that Jesus had. He's hiding out with everybody else. Now this is Peter, the fisherman, the tough guy, cutting people's ears off. This is Peter, fisherman, and he's hiding out. Watch this. Here comes these ladies running back up the hill. They start saying all this nonsense. And the only one who even gave an inkling to the fact that it may be true was Peter. Why? Because he had lost hope. See, hope is the oxygen of the human soul. If you lose hope, it's a sad day. And you may be in this place today, you may be sitting in those chairs just like a bunch of people in the first two services this morning, and you might say, you know what, I'm hopeless. Can I tell you you can find hope in Jesus? Again, everything's not going to be okay when you wake up tomorrow, but you won't wake up alone. There's hope in Jesus. So what's Peter do? What's Peter do? He doesn't even listen to the nonsense of... He just takes off. He runs. He runs to the tomb. He's wanting to validate his own belief in what Jesus is all about. He takes off to the tomb, and he gets there, and we know by reading the Bible that he finds exactly what the ladies found. Strips of linen, an empty tomb. And hope springs eternal. Hope. Now, I love this because this, this shows us a lot about humanity, about ourselves. The Bible doesn't tell us right there that Peter goes away skipping and jumping and hopping and loving and do 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 doesn't say that. But it does say that he went away wondering to himself what had happened. In other words... Man, was he really the Savior? And we know, and we'll see in a minute through, through the life of Peter, that obviously he, he came to believe that, but he went away wondering what happened. Can I just encourage you today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, maybe, maybe today will make you wonder just a tad if, if the Bible's really real and if, if Jesus is really the Messiah. And he went away. Hope sprang up in Peter. Hope, hope. Let hope spring up in your heart today. If you're, if you're losing hope for a wayward child, let hope spring up. If you're losing hope for a marriage, let hope spring up. If you're lo- losing hope for your finance, let hope spring up. If you're losing hope in any area of your life, let this day represent a day, the resurrection of Jesus Christ that brings hope. Peter had an inkling of hope that just kind of came in there, man. And, and he's like, hmm, And so if you've lost hope today, I challenge you to say, hmm, maybe. And I'm going to tell you, maybe. It's not maybe. He can. And if you let him, he will. Wow. So the resurrection brings hope. Let's look at Peter, I believe it is, 1 Peter 1 through 3. And it's so interesting to me that Peter ran to the tomb and there's a lot happens the time that he left the tomb. They go fishing. Jesus shows up on the shore. And, and it's a whole other story. But now we get into the New Testament. And Peter's writing these letters. And Peter says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter is saying, Listen, I don't care what the rest of you believe. I know what I know. 
I know I saw him crucified. I know I saw the empty tomb. He came to me on a beach. We cooked out together and had some fish. He reinstated me and he told me some things I didn't really want to hear, but I know that was him. And so now I have this hope that I'm going to be with him forever in eternity. And it only came through the fact that he was resurrected. It's the blessed hope. It's the blessed hope. That's what we cling to, right? That's what we claim. We we don't come in here every Sunday and pretend to be people we're not. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news because people like Peter cared enough to write down what he saw. And he says, you know what? I've got a hope. I've got a living hope. My hope is alive. Every day of my life, even when I don't feel like hoping, I can always fall back on the fact that Jesus Christ did what he did for me. And it's, it's a living hope. Last thing. The resurrection offers a chance for a new start. Luke 24, 12. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now, hope springs up in Peter. Now, Peter is like, you know what? Maybe, maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance for a new start. Maybe there's a chance for a fresh start. Maybe there's a chance for a new beginning for me. Because I've screwed up so bad, but I know I really believe in Jesus. Maybe there is, and maybe you're here today, and you would say, you know what, I, I, need, a, I need a new start. I need a fresh beginning. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I, I'm looking in the rearview mirror of my life, and I'm seeing some things that I'm not really proud of, but at this moment, I realize I can grasp for Jesus, and I can have that new beginning, that new start. If you go to this next scripture and you look at it like this, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. So I got a friend of mine who just got a new car. Say, praise the Lord. Some of you are like, yeah, there's a new car. <laughs> I know. I mean, I love when people get new stuff. I say you get in the car, roll the sunroof down, throw on some worship music, and praise God for the new car. I just, I love it. But it had the smell. You know the smell I'm talking about? It's leather inside. And, I mean, and, and especially for guys, like that new car smell, we're just like, oh, oh. It's true. And, and, and you rejoice over that. There's a newness about it. And we all know, especially if you got kids a year from now, it ain't going to smell like that. It's going to smell like dirty sneakers. Suckers are going to be stuck under the seat. French fries from who knows when are going to be in there. And so we know. And so we rejoice over the newness. Right? You do, man. You're just like, yes. And so I was looking at his car. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And I was thinking about this message and, and thinking about ending on, you know, a new start. See, the thing about a car is, is sooner or later, that smell goes away, right? Sooner or later, it, like I said, it, it doesn't smell like that anymore. However, when I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I get a new start in my spiritual life, and it doesn't go away because it's for eternity. Now, he never goes away. Sometimes I wonder. But that awesome thing 
about a new start with Jesus Christ and a relationship with Jesus is at any moment you run right back to him and get on your face before him and say, Lord, I need you in my life right now. I'm sorry, I've been kind of disconnected, but I need you in my life. And that spiritual new smell comes about your spirit and God will rejuvenate you and remind you that you're not alone and remind you that this validated truth is for real. So maybe you're here today and say, you know what, I need a, I need a new start. I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal. I need a new start. Just like a ton of people in the first two services this morning said, you know what, I, I'm there. I am there right now in my life. I need a new start. I want to pray with you, man. I'm just right there where you're sitting. So would you bow your head all over this place? Nobody's moving around unless you have to. Everybody's head's bowed. You say, Jason, that's me. Right now, at this very moment, that's me. I know that I know that I know I need a a new start in my life. I need something to change. I need a new beginning, a fresh start. I need Jesus in my life. In the overflow room and all over this place, if that's you right now, you say, Jason, that's me, just slip your hand up long enough for me to see. I see your hand. Thanks. I see your hand. Thanks. I see your hand. I see your hand. That's awesome. Anyone else? I I need a new start. I see your hand in the back, man. That's awesome. I see your hand. Thanks. Sweet. I want to pray with you. If you raised your hand when this service is over, go out to one of our tents, grab a Bible, get a devotion if you want to. You can talk with someone. If you're not comfortable doing that, you can email confidentially. You can email startingpoint at thecoastlinechurch.com and somebody will get back with you and mail you a Bible or if you want to meet, meet and talk. But right now is a very important moment in your life. by virtue of you raising your hand you're just putting your faith in Jesus so I'm going to pray with you pray this prayer with me Father thank you for loving me enough to send your only son to die for me and right now God I'm accepting your love and your grace and your mercy that comes through what Jesus Christ did for me I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life took my death and sin on the cross. He placed him in a grave. He rose from that grave on the third day. He's in heaven. He's coming back for me one day. I believe that, God. And right now, I'm receiving that new start. Put people around me that can help me in my walk. Lord, And Lord, help me. Help me to disconnect from those things in my life that are keeping me from living how you would want me to live. In Jesus' name, amen.